Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 180, When You Are in Physical or Emotional Pain. It's January 10th, 2024. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, etc. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any fashion. I have discontinued, discontinued using music for my intros and outros for my podcast because it makes it more difficult for someone who has hearing loss or someone who is hard of hearing to discern the words when combined with music. I invite all other podcasters to ditch music for your intros and outros to be inclusive for the deaf or hard of hearing community. When you are in physical or emotional pain, this is quite a topic. I'm interested to see what you have to say about it, but let's get going. So first of all, please visit my website and enter my giveaway. Secondly, to repeat my disclaimer, nothing I say in this podcast or any of my other content in any format is designed or intended to be medical or therapy advice. I do have transcripts for my podcasts on rss.com. However, they are quite a mess. I will be discussing this with my IT guy to see if we can create some other workaround because it's taking on average two hours or more to fix the transcript so they are in a decent format and it's just a little too much for me while I'm recovering from my nearly fatal car accident. So the transcripts are there. I've corrected a few. They're not too valuable and I'm working on it. My last point before I dive in is if you are feeling suicidal, if life is too hard for you at this time, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. There is help available for you. Please take the help. When you are in physical or emotional pain, well, this pretty much applies to everybody in the world. Most people have some form of emotional pain that they carry with them throughout life. It travels with them. This podcast deals with physical pain as well as emotional pain. To some of you listening to this podcast right now, the content I'm about to share will seem foreign or unusual or possibly even not believable. Please stay with me. I'm requesting that you open your mind to just allow what I'm saying to wash over you. In true form, I am including the science and research to back up what I say because that's what I do here. I use science and research to my advantage. I don't know what else you'd want to do with it. So my request is that you stay with me, contemplate, ponder, and ask yourself the question, if what I'm saying is true, if what I'm saying is factual, What could this mean to you in your life? What would it mean to you? So to start the research, I am going to give you a little list of the effects or impact of trauma. This is from the National Library of Medicine. They have Understanding the Impact of Trauma as a Chapter. This is from Chapter 3, Exhibit 3, Exhibit 1.3, Hyphen 1 immediate and delayed reactions to trauma. 
In trauma, there are physical reactions, emotional, cognitive, and behavioral responses to trauma. This is a mixed list of those impacts or some of those impacts. I'm not going to number them. I'll just say them. Or maybe I will number them. One, numbness and detachment. Two, anger. Three, anxiety. Four, severe fear. Five, sadness. Six, feeling out of control. Seven, helplessness. Eight, feeling overwhelmed. Nine, depression. Ten, hostility or irritability. Eleven, mood swings. Twelve, emotional detachment. Thirteen, nausea. Fourteen, GI distress. Fifteen, faintness. Sixteen, sweating or shivering. Seventeen, muscle tremors. 18, elevated heartbeat. 19, extreme fatigue or extreme exhaustion. 20, sleep disturbances. 21, appetite changes and or digestive changes. 22, persistent fatigue. 23, elevated cortisol levels. 24, lowered resistance to colds and infections. 25, heart liver, autoimmune, and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. 26, memory problems. 27, increased use of drugs or alcohol. 28, difficulty concentrating. 29, somatization. 30, racing thoughts or ruminating. 31, neurological, dermatological, urological, respiratory, or, and or musculoskeletal changes. That's 30, more than 31 actually, because I combined neurological, dermatological, and all the other respiratory into one uh, numbered item. You might not know what I mean by somatization, but that's a good point for this podcast content. Somatization means you are focusing on bodily symptoms to express emotional distress. Most people, if they're engaging in somatization, are not aware that they're doing this. They are not aware of the connection between their emotions and the physical symptoms they are having. I think some examples I'll give you later will help you understand that. Even when medical testing comes back negative, some clients will refuse to look at their emotions or the emotional elements. The list I just read off to you, the states and conditions and reactions are from the research on trauma, which we're mostly not talking about widely in the world. The physical reactions, emotional, cognitive, behavioral, are extensive. And you can see from the list, they they include physical body disease states. They can affect your your neurology, your skin, urology, your respiratory issues, cardiology, autoimmune, liver, COPD. These are huge impacts for trauma. Is trauma involved in any emotional or physical pain that you are experiencing life? Well, I don't know. Let's look at some of the situations in life that are emotionally painful. They could be traumatic. They could involve trauma. Some of these will rise to that level and some of them will not. But here's a list of life situations, common as they may be, that can cause a human being either trauma or emotional pain. 
Number one, death. Number two, illness, which could be terminal or other another type of illness or health problem. Three, breakups. Four, divorces. Five, infidelity. Six, crime or theft. Seven, discrimination. Eight, being the scapegoat. Nine, being excluded. Ten, smear campaigns. Eleven, domestic abuse. Twelve, domestic violence. Yes, I separate those on purpose. Thirteen, poverty. Fourteen, having special needs or disabilities or caring for someone who has special needs or disabilities. Dis Fifteen, dysfunctional parents who play favorites with their children. Sixteen, having a mentally ill parent. Seventeen, sibling bullying or mistreatment. Eighteen, backstabbers and people who are drilling holes in your boat. Nineteen, perfectionist parents. Twenty, having your feelings invalidated. 21, having a parent who is in the throes of dealing with an addiction or addictions, plural. 22, homelessness. 23, when people are mean or cruel to you. 24, people who want to crush your soul. 25, anyone who's withholding love and affection. 26, being rejected. 27, failing at something. 28, not feeling well loved. 29, not having enough good social connections or good friends. 10, dealing with a narcissist, psychopath, borderline personality disorder, individual, an antisocial personality person, or someone who has severe psychopathy. That is 30 life situations, some of which are extremely common, that will most likely, almost for sure, result in emotional pain. Life has part of it embedded in the fabric of being human and, and being alive, pain. That is just part of life. What happens though is we're not trained in how to deal with physical or emotional pain. The list, I, by the way, that's 30 things, situations in life that are painful. I could have gone on and on and on. You get the idea. So I'd like to introduce you, if you haven't been aware of it yet, or if you're not following along on my podcast, to psychoneuroimmunology and how this applies to physical and emotional pain. If you haven't heard my podcast on psychoneuroimmunology, psychoneuroimmunology, which is abbreviated PNI for psychoneuroimmunology, is the study of interactions between the mind, the nervous system, and the immune system. I would like to give you a one paragraph quote, which comes from Psychoneuroimmunology Develops in Stress Research by Renair H. Straub and Maurizio Colo, volume 168, pages 76 to 84. Quote, in recent years, it has been observed that psychological stress can be disease permissive as in chronic inflammatory disease, cancer, cardiovascular disease, acute and viral infections, sepsis, asthma, and others, end quote. What's important in that short paragraph I just read is that we know from psychoneuroimmunology research that stress can be disease permissive. Once we understand what permits diseases, we can then do the opposite or something different to be disease preventive. And that's very important because much of medicine is 
set up around preventing diseases. From the same source, I want to read you one other paragraph, which is extremely significant in the content of this podcast. Quote, one of the most basic and fundamental cornerstones of psychoneuroimmunology involves the discovery that components of the immune system involved in inflammation are influenced not just by factors such as viruses and bacteria that are present inside the body, but also by cues, signals, and events occurring in the external, social, and physical environment. That piece, by the way, is referenced as being from Glazier and Kekult-Glazier from 2005. What does that mean? Well, let's look at the diseases that they listed that they know can be associated with events, cues, or signals. That it's the diseases that I just listed before, cancer, cardiac problems, sepsis, asthma, uh, chronic inflammatory diseases. These could be, according to the research on psychoneuroimmunology, as a result of something completely outside of your body. Where we are in society in 2024 is we haven't stepped off the platform of how we do medicine and how we do life to go, oh, is my cancer related to something outside of me? Is my cancer related to something that's happening in my external world or some event or some clue or some signal? Is the fact that I got sepsis related to this event or that event? We don't do medicine that way for the most part. Your mind and body, what we know from psychoneuroimmunology, your mind and body are intimately connected. You cannot break the connection between your mind and your body. The research is very compelling on that. But I, I do want to pile off with the, you know, the impact of trauma. Because we have all this trauma medicine and trauma research that says this is what trauma does to the human being or can do from the human being. So we have trauma research, we have psychoneuroimmunology, we have a body, a rich body of science that indicates your aches and pains, your emotional pain, your physical pain could be sourced by trauma or something outside of your body. That's what the research is clear about. It could be. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying this is what the research says. So, and by the way, the research on psychoneuroimmunology is just compelling. It is way, it is way above my pay grade, people. It is so far into the research. So I had some examples in this draft podcast, but I decided that instead of the examples that I listed, I should actually give you real life examples from my own life because it's true. So back in the day, these are examples of the connection between the mind and the body. And I want you to get this because you can then apply it to yourself. So back in the day, uh, I had built a new house. I was single. I had a great professional career. Everything was going well. And I started developing paper cuts just out of the blue i didn't cut myself on paper but yet here on one my right hand there were 10 paper cuts and on my left hand there were five or eight or 10 or 15 they were just 
paper cuts that miraculously just appeared out of nowhere. If you've ever had a paper cut, you know they can be deeply painful and it was disfiguring. My hands looked terrible. So what did I do? Like anybody else, like a, like a regular person, I went to my family physician who then immediately referred me to a dermatologist and said, I have no idea, this is very unusual. I went to the dermatologist who took skin scrapings to do some biopsies. He basically said, I've never seen anything like this. I don't know what to tell you. Here is a high potency steroid ointment to apply at night. Wrap your hands with saran wrap, which will increase the potency. That's what I've got. Come see me in a month. So I did that. I applied at night this high potency steroid cream for weeks until my next appointment. The steroid cream made zero difference and this was extremely painful. It was not only painful, it was very unsettling to people that I would see out in public. Some of them thought I had leprosy. It was very not unattractive. So my follow-up appointment with the dermatologist goes like this. Oh, you're not any better. Mm. Well, your skin scrapings and the biopsy, there's nothing, there's no bacteria, there's no virus, there's nothing we can find. Your skin is completely normal. I do not know what to tell you. Basically, you're on your own. So I leave and I think to myself, I'm X years old. I've never had this problem. There must be an explanation. There has to be a cause for this. What could it be? Well, clearly medicine did not offer me a medical explanation. Eventually, I happened upon thinking about my life and what was going on in my life, and I discovered the root cause. The root cause at that time was that I had a very bad manager who was harassing me. The minute I put that connection together, that perhaps these paper cuts, which is what I'm calling them, but they were basically little fissures like paper cuts, Maybe that was related to this harassment I was receiving from my boss, which was very disconcerting and, and very serious, by the way. The minute I made that connection, it was miraculous. Those little paper cuts on my both of my hands started healing immediately, immediately, because immediately after I made that connection, I started to manage and process my emotions about this traumatic situation at work. Literally within 48 hours, all of the paper cuts on my hands were healed. And I thought, hmm, that's very interesting. Years later, many years later, it would happen again. Only eventually I caught on to it. I don't think I went back to the doctor the second time, but eventually I caught on that when my thumb or fingers or hands would break open in these spontaneous little paper cuts that it was my body's way of getting my attention to what was going on in life and it was very interesting because once I really made that serious connection first of all I never got 10 or 20 paper cuts on both of my hands ever again once I started to get one and I knew it was not because I cut myself on paper I would start to think hmm what's going on in my life and there was always something going on at the same time that these paper cuts would appear. So that's an example of the connection between my mind and my life and, and a physical manifestation that was not explained by medicine. Now, years later, I had the unfortunate situation 
of finding out that my that 20 plus years of my life had been a total con job, a total betrayal, a total fraud. I'm not going to get into those details. If you've listened to enough of my podcasts, I'm sure you have a very good idea of what I'm talking about. And this example I did discuss in one or two other podcasts. As a result of finding out this horrible, horrible, unbelievable truth, I developed a toothache in my lower left-hand side of my jaw. It was basically an abscess tooth, very hot to the touch. You know, my cheek was warm, my cheek was swollen. I had all the physical manifestations of an abscess tooth. Now, because at that point I had years of figuring out mind-body connections, I and I am not one who has dental problems, I started to think, hmm, what's going on? Yes, I took some aspirin. Yes, I did my research on abscessed teeth. I did all of that due diligence like a good, like a good steward of my health. And I ultimately decided that this toothache, an abscessed tooth, was probably a physical manifestation of this massive trauma I had just, you know, discovered and found out about. So as a result of deciding that, I had on my list, I could go to the dentist and have a tooth extracted or a root canal or some process done. But I decided to hold that as option B and instead, get to work on doing the emotional work I needed and in the meantime take some supplements and do some some physical integrative approaches to managing what could be you know an infection and the reality was the analogy what I found out about the betrayal was analogous to being kicked in the face so how interesting it felt like I was kicked in the face I kind of was kicked in the face and here I have this toothache. Now I did discuss this with the number of people who were just horrified that I didn't race off to the dentist to have a root canal or to have my tooth pulled. Well, I can deal with people not agreeing to my decisions, but let me tell you, I got that tooth healed without going to the dentist, without having a root canal, without having it extracted, without getting sick or suffering a bodily infection using the emotional processing to process my emotions as well as the adjunct therapies of hydrogen peroxide supplements organic oil of this or whatever I don't even remember all the things that I use but there were many many things so I still have that tooth am I glad that I had the connection previously from other situations to understand that my toothache could be because of this massive betrayal, you better believe I'm very glad about that. And quite frankly, I have a number of friends who were shocked that I did that I was able to heal it on my own. Well, I healed it on my own, plus I was praying like crazy. That's the so we've got the paper cuts, now we've got the tooth story. Number three, knee pain. So some years ago, I found out that the company I was working for was engaging in fraud. Really horrible fraud, very, very illegal. And and this was painful to me. This was emotionally painful. At the same time, concurrently, I also had a little gang of people who were trying to take me down. I know. So I had like concurrent traumas and I developed knee pain. 
left knee pain. Now I thought initially, oh, I must have twisted my knee while I was walking my dog. However, I've had the dog for years. That's never happened. I'm not somebody who has body pain. I am not somebody who has aches and pains on any continuous or regular basis. So I got a little knee brace and everyone said, oh, you're going to need knee surgery, probably tore this or, you know, everybody had lots of advice. And I think this went on for, I don't know, maybe a week or more before it hit me. Oh, knee pain. I'm having body pain. I never have body pain. What's going on? And then I realized, oh, look, these people are trying to take me out. This is the fraud of going on at this. And I put it all together and started to manage and process the deeply painful myriad of things that were going on at that moment. And how magic, how magical is it? My knee pain resolved in 24 hours. Now, I do have to say, I have emotional processing skills and abilities that are very high compared to the average person, which I cover in a workbook I'll talk about later. But my knee pain, no surgery, no, you know, being laid up forever, got it handled. It resolved the minute I started to get dig down and start to manage the painful emotions that just kind of had happened without me recognizing that. So there's that. Now, next up, oh, you'll love this story. Uh, so, uh, a couple of three years ago or so, I, I had this unbelievable trauma of my money and assets all being fraudulently taken and stolen. Within, I'd say, two days of getting the, the, the final outcome, I ended up needing to go to the emergency room. I could not breathe. I had, was given two breathing treatments in the ambulance ride to the hospital. By the time I got to the ER, I was in actually great shape. They did give me one breathing treatment in the ER, and I was perfectly fine after, after that. So I'm sitting in the, laying in the bed in the ER. The doctor comes in and he can't really make sense of this because they wanted to diagnose me. I think they actually diagnosed me with some type of bronchitis, but I had no fever. I had no physical symptoms by that point, having had three breathing treatments. So it was, they were bewildered. They were flummoxed. Of course, they were also shocked that it was my first ER visit ever and I'm old, (laughs) but I finally got the attending ER physician to agree to discharge me on the basis that I would see my family physician pronto on Monday. To which I said, well, I probably won't be able to get an appointment on Monday. He said, oh no, we'll be in touch with them and he will see you on Monday without any question. There's no doubt. They will, they will see you on Monday. So I was released. I saw my family physician on Monday. This is after being in the ER Friday night and he couldn't believe it. He just looked at me and said, there's no possible way you were in the ER on Friday. Like there's no possible way. Like you, you look completely normal, completely healthy. I, I, it's unbelievable. And I'm laughing saying, I know I feel great. <laughs> I did not make the connection though, right? It would take way longer for me to make that connection. Now I did immediately start to manage and process my emotions about this severe trauma of having everything I've ever worked for being fraudulently taken from me. I had a lot of work to do on my emotions. 
yet I didn't make the connection with the ER visit and that decision so close together for for probably you know two years or, or maybe maybe it's only in the last year the bottom line is your body can have a physical disease show up i mean literally i was diagnosed with like bronchitis or something i don't even know what i was diagnosed with in the er your body could have physical manifestations of something and it could be because of something outside of your body. It could be because of emotions. Hopefully, I'm making this very clear. There's one last story I've told in other podcasts. I won't belabor this, but I did have all of my, almost all of my, almost 100% of my uterine tissue removed surgically from a myomectomy years ago, and it did grow back to be normal and fully thick and, and healthy, which then allowed me to have children, which was what was needed. So... I'm a fan of understanding that when I have an ache or pain or I get paper cuts or something happens, it is literally probably because of something going on in my life because I have experience with that. And and to actually lay this even more clear, I'm going to give you some suggestions in a moment if you're dealing with physical or emotional pain. So my first suggestion is, and I should have said this earlier in the podcast, but I didn't, which is to make a decision that no matter what happens, you are going to be physically and emotionally healthy and pain-free no matter what. Be resolute, be firm, take no prisoners. And I say this because when I was a child, I was sickly. So sickly meaning... At a year and a half, I had had to get allergy shots. So at 18 months, the pediatrician told my parents, well, I don't think she's sick with a cold. I think that she's been sick since she was born, but I think this is allergies. So I ended up going to an allergist at 18 months, which is still not common in today, and this was back in the dark ages. I ended up getting allergy shots. I had colds frequently. I was sick, you know. We talked about taking my tonsils out because I had mono. I mean, I was a sickly kid. At some point though, maybe around age 10, I missed being able to go to an event because I was sick and I was mad about it. I was quite upset. And I remember looking out my bedroom window at eight, 10 or however old I was, thinking to myself, I am not gonna miss any more parties. I am not gonna be sick anymore. I'm gonna be healthy for the rest of my life. So so screw you, I'm not gonna be sick anymore. That's what I decided, that was a decision. Now again, I was a young kid, upset that I was missing an event because I was sick, and I just made that decision. Well, interestingly enough, from that point forward, I was rarely ever sick. I was discharged from allergy shots at 18, with only being allergic to feathers, cats, and tree nuts, which is a few other foods, but pretty minor, which was a huge win from where I started at 18 months. I personally believe when you make a commitment, like a draw a line in the sand, I am going to be healthy and well, no matter what, I will do whatever it takes and then go do whatever it takes. That will make a huge difference. Maybe it won't, but how could it possibly hurt you? It could never hurt you. Plus, what I know from my own life and research and working with people is when people get committed, fully on board committed, 
to making a change in their life and then they go do it, things work up. Things work out. They really, like, life shifts instantly. But you have to make a, a firm decision. You have to be all in. You have to be resolute. Now, that's the first part. You have to be committed. I do understand for some of you listening to this podcast, you've been sick your whole life and you don't believe what I'm saying. That's fine. You don't have to believe what I'm saying. You don't even have to look at the research. You can just go be sick. You can be unwell. You can have aches and pains. You can do whatever you want. What I'm offering up to you is the research and the science that supports what I'm saying. So number one, make a commitment. Be resolute. Be all in. Take no prisoners. I'm going to be well starting today for the rest of my life and do it. That's number one. Number two, you have to recognize and feel that you're in pain. It's not helpful to minimize the pain you're in. It is not helpful in any way to pretend that what's happening in your life, either physical pain or emotional pain, is not happening. That's that's called denial. It's not living in reality. So you do have to allow it and feel it. That's not what we do, and to help you do that, I have to say, I do have a list of emotional, uh, an emotional workbook which, which will help you, and I'll come back to that. So number one, you have to feel your feelings. You have to feel your emotions, and, and not pretend. Like the pretense has to be over. You could have something really horrible going on, and you don't want to really look at it. I do understand that. I've had the worst stuff happened to me that we will never talk about. We will never discuss some of the things people have done to me. So feel you have to feel your feelings, you have to feel your pain. Number 2. Start an emotional start an exploration. Be on a journey of inquiry. Begin to discover, hmm, could this be true for me? What's going on in my life? If you've had pain for ever or you've had a GI distress since you were young or you've had sleep problems since you were young, start to inquire what could be at the source of it. What could be going on? Just be open-minded and explore. If you don't want to be open-minded and explore, then you don't really need to listen to the rest of this podcast because this is for people who would like to have no more physical and emotional pain. And it's not that you'll never have physical or emotional pain. It's that you're going to learn how to deal with it so it doesn't take you out of life and so that you can have a a pain-free life or not be feeling pain. Number three, make a list of options that it could be. There are so many options. It could be a dysfunctional family. It could be an alcoholic parent. It could be that you were bullied or mistreated. It could be that someone broke your heart. It could be from a divorce. There are so many things that could be the root cause for physical pain or emotional pain. It could be something recent. It could be something from the past. It might not be readily apparent. Although, interestingly enough, when I work with people in a personal coaching relationship, oftentimes people say, oh, yeah, 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 my GI disturbance started when I was 13, and this is what was going on, and they know. So be open-minded and make a list of what it could be. Number four, this is the critical mother load for not having aches and pains, physical pain or emotional pain, which is to get on the road for learning emotional processing skills and abilities. This is not something we train people in right now. We're just not training people. And the part that I'm talking about is not punching a pillow or 
talking to a friend, you can talk to a friend, but what I'm talking about is managing and processing your emotions, the aspects that happen in your mind. To help you, I have a free emotional workbook. It's on my website. You do not have to register. It's free. You can just go to the website and download it. This week, if it's not up right now, it will be up hopefully by the end of the week. I'm on version 6.0. Version 6.0 basically adds a cover and a table of contents to make the workbook a little easier to use. What you will do is you will start reading the workbook. It may not make sense to you, which is okay. It might not make sense to you because this is all foreign and new material for you. Sometimes when you learn new things, it might sound like gibberish to your brain. Don't give up. If it sounds like gibberish, <laughs> trust me, it's because you've reached a frontier, an edge of your brain, and you're going to go past that edge by sticking with the program. I don't ever recommend you manage all of your emotions all at once. It's too much for people. It's too much for me. You have to manage your emotions in snippets. You do have to learn some skills. This is a skill set. If there's nothing magical to it, the workbook now is about 30, 30 some pages. You'll read it, you'll read it again. There are questions to help you walk through how to deal with your emotions. And there's many different aspects. I wish that we were teaching people this. This is what is below you having aches and pains, emotional pain, physical pain, because you can learn how to deal with that. I will have some painful things in my life for the rest of my life. That's just the way it is. I mean, I've had people pass away that I will always miss. I've had very bad things happen to me. Yet, I'm not in physical pain. I'm not in emotional pain because I manage and process my emotions. This is something that will help you in every area of your life. This is, a, this is not only a no-brainer, this is a must-do. This is something you must simply do to have an amazing life. It's also something you must do to manage your physical or emotional pain. And it's all research-based. Everything I do is research and science-based because that, that makes me feel good. And it makes me happy. So go to the website, my website, download the Emotional Processing Workbook. It's, like I said, over 30 pages. Start reading it, start using it, start learning these skills. It will take you some time, but it, I have been told by people who have been using it since last year, it's not difficult, it's very straightforward. If you have any questions about it, shoot me an email, I'll clear that up for you. So that's number four. Number five, are you trauma bonded with someone in your life? It's, in my opinion, it's extremely likely or very possible that you could be trauma bonded with someone in your life, yet you might not know that. You might not know that because a lot of trauma that happens to people is betrayal trauma. Sometimes when you've been betrayed by someone close to you, you will have betrayal blindness. This can be one of the sources for physical pain in your life or emotional pain in your life because basically you have connected and bonded with your abuser. This is a painful area of life. I, I know, I only learned about betrayal trauma, betrayal blindness, and trauma bonding in 2023. And yes, I have been trauma bonded with many people in my life and it's not good. 
getting to the source of this will help you untangle pain, physical pain and emotional pain and help you move to a healthier front. If you want more information on betrayal trauma, Jennifer Freyd, F-R-E-Y-D, PhD from the University of Oregon, has a plethora of material. She is the originator of betrayal trauma theory. That's where I would go for information on betrayal trauma if it were me. Number six, how much love and affection do you have in your life? Have you been well loved in life? Unfortunately, many people do not feel as if they have been well loved in life. It is sad. It is tragic. Yet this is what I'm finding. And clearly, we're not living in a world filled with love and affection. I have many podcasts that will help you to bring more love and affection into your life, to to bring love as medicine into your life, which I highly recommend, including loving yourself. For some of you, this is one of your core issues. Your pain and your emotional pain and physical pain could be driven by the fact that you don't like yourself. Some of you not only don't like yourself, you you literally are self-loathing. Bring love and affection into your life while you are on this process of learning how to manage and process your emotions. That's my recommendation. Number seven, add happiness to your life. Well, (laughs) this is not, I don't mean happiness where you're happy because you're with the right guy or the right girl or you have the right money in in the bank or you have the right career. I'm talking about happiness separate from your circumstances in life, which is not how most people do happiness. Happiness is amazing. I have plenty of podcasts that will help you with happiness, including a three-part podcast series on a crash course in happiness. So bring happiness into your life. Number eight. I hate to say this. I really hate to say this one, but some of your physical pain or some of your emotional pain could could be caused by the fact that some people in your life really are not for you. Some people in your life are drilling holes in your boat. They're jealous. They're envious. They're resentful. They really are not for you. They really do not have your best interests at heart. That is a painful situation. I know all about that, people. It's very sad. It's deeply painful. It is deeply painful. Yet for you to have this miraculous and amazing, beautiful life, you understanding who belongs in your life and who doesn't is going to be very powerful. I am not in any way suggesting you have to ditch every single person or you have to cut people off. But there may be people that once you realize they actually are drilling holes in your boat or they're actually trying to crush your soul or they actually want you to fail, you might create a little more distance in your life. You might you might see them, but you might have a different relationship once you get where they really stand with you. You will have to manage and process your emotions because sometimes it's shocking. Sometimes it's shocking the people who really want to take you down. And it, and it is painful. It's deeply painful. I, I suggest you probably do have people who are drilling holes in your boat and, and you might be blind to it. I know been kind of blind to some things that might have been why I had a car nearly fatal car accident last year because God had to wake me up and say uh yeah no those people are not for you all right so that's number eight number nine 
in, in addition to growing your emotional uh, abilities, my suggestion is you really go to work on your whole mental and emotional health. Emotional abilities are one aspect of having good emotional health and emotional fitness, but it's not just that. You're going to need some other skills and abilities. I do have a podcast on an emotional and mental fitness checklist, which will help you. I also recently did a podcast about being unbreakable or invincible, invincible, which will help you. By the way, being unbreakable or invincible is a a level up from having good emotional and mental health. You can have good emotional and mental health and be breakable. I'm talking about having good emotional and mental health fitness and having the other add-on skills and abilities, habits, practices that make you literally unbreakable. That That doesn't mean your heart won't get broken, people. But I do deal with heart issues in other podcasts. Next, I sincerely recommend you get a reward system in place for yourself. They're not only fun, they will help you stay in the game. They are very, they can be very motivating and and really just a lot of fun. Next, I recommend that you protect your peace. And I say protect your peace, P-E-A-C-E. Right now, listening to this podcast, you may have a very low amount of peace in your life. The more you get to work on yourself, the more you start start to sort out how to manage and process your emotions, number one, and then decide, oh, I think I'm trauma bonded with this person. Oh, they're really kind of jealous of me. They really don't want the best for me. The more you start to sort out your life by engaging in growth and development, the more peace, P-E-A-C-E, you will have in your life. I promise you that. Because an extraordinary amount of your physical and emotional pain and your lack of peace is driven by people who don't have your best interests at heart. People who actually want to hurt you or in some way, you know, beat you or they're competing with you or what have you. Protect your peace. Number 12, self-care. Self-care is a must every day. I recommend you enjoy it. I I enjoy (laughs) self-care. I do enjoy it. I have a podcast on self-care and self-compassion that will help you because it's more than just your grooming, people. It is significantly more than just your grooming. But boost that. That'll help you every day. It's just amazing. 13, love yourself. Oh, my heavens, people. Some of you are so mean to yourselves. It breaks my heart. It literally breaks my heart. When I am out with people, when I'm in public, when I'm talking to people and I hear people be so mean and cruel to themselves, it's really sad. Start to get to work on it. My podcast on loving yourself will help you. You do have to deal with low self-esteem. That's where it starts. Number 14, keep at it. I know this might seem like, oh, this is overwhelming. I could never do this. Well, guess what? People have done everything that I'm recommending since the beginning of time. Like go back in time to earliest, the earliest writers, philosophers, thinkers. This is what they were talking about. They were talking about the meaning of life and how to have a good life. This is not new. It may be new to you. So stick with it. Get that reward system in place. Take people with you. Do whatever it takes, but don't give up. So the number one decision I hope that you're going to make moving forward is to start to begin to understand that any physical pain in your body 
could be related to trauma. It could be related to some event that happened, some situation, some clue, some signal. That could change your life. If you have had chronic pain, chronic physical pain, chronic emotional pain, definitely go right back to my website, get that workbook and start learning those skills. I promise you, you do not have to have a life filled with physical pain and emotional pain. Now, as I mentioned previously, some emotionally painful things will stay with you. You know, someone passes away, it's a painful thing, but you can, you can deal with that in a way where you're not left sad, morose, depressed, you know, with an unhappy life. My commitment for you and to you is to help you have a happy, healthy life where you are well-loved and life is miraculous and amazing. This is one area to get to work on because having physical pain or emotional pain doesn't leave you happy and empowered. I hope that's it. Well, that's it for now. I hope that's been helpful. If you need more support, let me know. I do love you. I'm well aware of how how hard life life is. This is my outro without music now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 180, when you are in physical or emotional pain. I hope that you are going to get on the road to understanding how to manage and process your emotions by using my workbook and get the aches and pains and emotional pain in your life dealt with. I do know how life how life is hard. Share my content to help other people. Let me know how I can help you. I do love you. Hang in there for now. That's it. End of the outro without music. Love you.